Amen. We thank the Lord for the day that he's given us and the day that he's allowed us to come together to worship him. I'm going to be sharing with you this morning a message from Philippians chapter 4. If you want to be turning in your Bible to Philippians chapter 4, title of this message, uh, had a title would be contentment or satisfaction, peace, joy, happiness, all those things that we all desire uh, to have in this world and uh, looking forward to the world to come. Uh, so I hope and pray that as God speaks through me, through His Word, that He'll touch your heart and challenge all of us to be closer to Him and to have the type of commitment and happiness and joy that Paul talks about here in Philippians chapter 4. I'll ask you to stand in reverence to God's Word. Philippians chapter 4, we'll begin reading with verse 11. Paul speaking, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. May we pray. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ our Savior. I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice, they have that realization that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if it's not, Lord, that this would be the day that they'd come to receive you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, those of us that do know you, may we find strength and joy in knowing you and serving you. And may we be so blessed and challenged that we would go out beyond these four walls and share the hope that we have with others who need to hear that hope. Bless in these few moments. Thank you again for this day and the opportunity to stand. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. You may be seated. Contentment. Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever state I find myself in. It was something that he had learned. It wasn't something that was just automatic. And I think that's going to be true with each and every one of us as we go on our journey with the Lord and, and walking with Him, we learn that we can trust Him. The, there's an old song that I love to sing or hear sung, the longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. And because, uh, because of that, it's because we're getting to know Him and learn more about Him every day that we uh, have Him as our Lord and Savior. And so as we think about what Paul is saying here, he says, I've learned to be content. I've learned to be happy. I've learned to have satisfaction. I've learned to be at peace. I've learned to have joy. I've learned to be gratified in every situation that I find myself in. Now think about that. Are you fulfilled in every situation and circumstance that you find yourself in? Are you really happy today or is there something that's nagging at you? Paul said, you know, whether I'm rich or I'm poor, I'm happy. Whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full, he said, I've been both. He said, I've been full and I've been empty and, and, and I've been rich and I've been poor. And it, he says, it doesn't matter because I've learned to be content. I've been instructed how to be happy and have this gratification. And you're sitting there saying, well, Claude, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You wouldn't be saying that. Well, let's just look back at a few things that Paul dealt with and see if 
we can say, well, maybe if Paul was able to be happy in those circumstances, maybe I ought to be happy or have contentment or find strength and peace and joy as well. So flip back with me right quick to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And and, and we're going to look at uh, three things right quick. And then we're going to look at three reasons Paul had this contentment, okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we'll begin reading with verse 23. Now remember, Paul said, I've learned to be content, have peace, Enjoy in every situation. Well, I want you to listen to some of the things that Paul was going through, some of the suffering that he went through. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. Paul talking about his relationship with the Lord and his service for the Lord. Are they ministers of Christ? Why? He said, I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. I spent a night and a day in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robberies, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in dangers and perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And besides all that, that that are without, that which cometh on me daily, the care of all the churches." Boy, that makes me feel kind of low. <laughs> makes me feel like I'm not much of a Christian if I'm moaning and groaning and complaining about the things that I deal with. And listen to what the Apostle Paul said. I've been beaten. I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned to death and drug outside of a city left for dead. All of these things that came upon him, and yet he could say, I can be content. I can be happy. He didn't say in some circumstances. He said in all the circumstances. In every situation I find myself in, Paul said, I've learned to be happy or content or satisfied or gratified. Kind of makes me feel bad when I complain, don't it you? You ever been in a restaurant and the food come out cold and you complain? Yeah. Ever stood in line at Walmart or in line at McDonald's in the car and and it's not going quick enough for you, and and we complain. Gosh, Paul stands as a shining example that we need to learn to be content in every situation we find ourselves in. Not whine and not complain, not moan and groan, but say, Lord, this is an opportunity for me to serve you. This is an opportunity for somebody to to know who you are through me by the way I react and the way I respond. I'm sure you've heard the, the story about the lady that was pulled over by the cop and uh, he, he got her out to arrest her because she had bound up stole the car. And she said, no, no, this is my car. And he said, well, after seeing the way you ran that traffic light, and seeing the way you cursed at that person that uh, 
pulled in front of you and the, the, the gesture that you gave when that other person, he said, I knew this had to be a stolen car because on your bumper sticker it says, live like Jesus. So think about it. People are watching you and, and God help us to, to rise above our circumstances and situation and, and learn to be content in whatever situation I find myself in or you find yourself in. And you're saying, well, Claude, I, I've not suffered like Paul did, and I'm pretty happy, but, you know, I, I just was told that, that uh, I have a cancer or I, there's a sickness that, that's, uh, you know, really taking over my body. And, you know, I'm just having a hard time finding contentment or joy in that. Well, just flip over to the next chapter, uh, chapter 12, and let's see what Paul said about that. Chapter 12, 2 Corinthians, Paul says... Uh, beginning with verse 7. He says, And though I should be exalted above measure, now Paul had had a revelation from the Lord. He had been kind of lifted up and, and into a third heaven, and, and he had a, a, a great representation of the love of God and the power of God. And, and, and so, uh, you know, he didn't, God didn't want him to be exalted above measure, so he humbled him. And so, lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yes, even in sickness. I, uh, I don't know what the infirmity Paul was dealing with. I don't know what God had allowed Satan to put upon him. Uh, but he was sick. He didn't like it, just like we didn't like. Don't like to be sick. We don't like uh, to to uh, have infirmities in our body. And he prayed for the Lord to remove it. He, as a matter of fact, he said, "I prayed three times, but God didn't hear my prayer in the way that I wanted to." What did God tell him? He said, "My grace is sufficient for thee." You know, again, I don't know what that infirmity was. Some think it was poor eyesight. Uh, it was something that certainly troubled him. I've often said, uh, some said it was a wife. But uh, Paul, I don't think, was ever married, so we can't say that. So I, I wouldn't want any, any of you men to say that. But Paul wasn't happy about what he was dealing with. So he takes it to the Lord, and the Lord says, Hey, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And what does Paul say? Therefore, I'll, I'll glory in my infirmity. I'll be content in my sickness. I'll, I'll be content in the struggle that I'm dealing with because when I'm weak, that's when God is strong in our lives. So God help us to be like Paul, to, to even in, in, in suffering, even in things that we don't like to deal with, even in sickness, God help us to see uh, that God can work out a better place and a better way for us to grow and, and strengthen and learn more about Him and draw closer to Him.
God help us to learn to be content, satisfied, happy, at peace, joy, gratified in every situation that we find ourselves in. And you might say, well, what about death? I've just lost a loved one or or someone close to me has passed away or somebody's at the point of death. Just this Friday, we had a funeral for a 61-year-old young man, pastor, one of our pastors in the Morgan and Association, lost the battle with cancer, battled it for 18 months, and now he's gone home to be with the Lord. And this is the first Sunday that his family will be without him at church where he pastored for the last nine years. And I texted her this morning, and I just said, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And she said, we appreciate that, and we love you, and thank you for your prayers. And so how can we deal with death? How can we, even in death, find contentment? And again, let's look at what the Apostle Paul said. Paul said to live is Christ, but to die is gain? Do you believe that? You see, that's what Paul had learned to live. We have an opportunity to serve Christ, but when we die, we have gain. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those that love Him. Folks, we don't have any idea what heaven's going to be like. But we know it's good and and we know it's perfect. And so to live is Christ, to to die is gain, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and and to enjoy that place that He has prepared for us. God is, uh, I I know I've heard so many reasons why Jesus wept at Lazarus' tomb. And uh, God, uh, and if I'm wrong, that's that's okay. It It makes me feel good. I believe He is weeping because He is about to bring His best friend back from heaven. I, I, I just believe that. I, I've always heard it said that once you die and go to heaven, you don't want to come back. Amen? And I believe that Jesus was about to bring his best friend back, and Lazarus was going to have to die again. And Paul knew that, that in death there is great victory. In death there, there is the joining in, in the presence of God to be with him forever and evermore. I love what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 at the end of the chapter where he said, What can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Can tribulation, can can death, can sickness, can anything? No, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul can say, it doesn't matter if I'm suffering, it doesn't matter if I'm struggling, it doesn't matter if I'm sick, it doesn't matter if I die. I'm still the victor. I've learned to be content. I've learned to be content. And how could he say all that? I read you the answer in verse 13. It wasn't a religion. It wasn't something that just happened in his life. It was a relationship with a risen Savior. It was a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in verse 13, I'm sure if you've got any devil chasers in, in your memory, this is one of them. And a devil chaser is just the Word of God that when the devil comes knocking, you can say, get thee behind me, Satan, as you quote the Word of God back to him. And, and if Philippians 4.13 isn't in your memory. You need to put it there. What does Philippians 4.13 say? Amen. Is that true? 
I can do all things, not some things. That was Paul's secret. That was his ability to say, it doesn't matter what happens to me, I'm victorious. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He had a relationship with a risen and living Savior that grew sweeter and sweeter every day. Every trial, every tribulation, every circumstance, Jesus was there with him. He had learned that Jesus would never leave him nor forsake him. That Jesus was a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Is that who Jesus is to you? Oh, I hope and pray it is. I hope and pray He's all of that and more. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, quickly, and I'll finish. How did Paul have this relationship? How, how, how did this become a reality? How had he come to the place where he could say, I've learned in everything to be satisfied, to be happy, to be gratified, to, to find joy and find peace through Jesus Christ. Well, it begins with salvation experience. You've got to know that you know that you're saved or you'll never have the joy and the peace and the relationship with Jesus that Paul had here in Philippians chapter 4. You've got to be saved. Go back and read Acts chapter 9. I'm not going to read it. Let me just reflect on it. Saul, y'all know Saul, who later became Paul, was out killing Christians, having them put to jail. He was zealous for the Lord. He thought he was doing right. And there on the Damascus road, he met Jesus. And Jesus, you know, the bright light shining. And uh, Jesus said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And and Paul went down to... uh, uh, meet Ananias and the, the uh, scales were removed from his eyes and he received his sight and he came to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. The, the transition there, he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. And if you go back and read in Acts chapter uh, 21 and Acts chapter 19, you'll find there that when Paul is testifying before King Agrippa, In another place, he's testifying in a a crowd that's wanting to kill him. He just simply tells them, I was on the road to Damascus and a bright light shined around about me and I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Paul knew the place that he was saved and how he was saved and and how it changed his life. The, The man that was persecuting Christians began to go out and act like a Christian and tell others about Jesus because he had had a profound experience with Jesus on the Damascus Road. Let me ask you a question. Where did you meet Jesus? Do you remember? Can you take me to the place, or at least give me some idea where it was, or the time? Do you know that you know that you're saved? You'll never have the security and the contentment and the satisfaction until you got that settled. Till you know that you've received and we're going to be celebrating the, the, the juice and the bread in a few moments as we partake of the broken body and the shed blood which is a reminder to us of what Jesus did that we might be saved and Saul met this Jesus on the Damascus Road and he changed his life and he began to preach and and tell others about Jesus. There was a change and the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Has there been a change that's taken place in your life since you met Jesus? 
Because if you've truly met him, you'll never, ever be the same. Never, ever be the same. And, and you can learn that he, he's true and faithful and he's a friend. And, and you can learn that in him you can do all things. And in him you can find this joy and this peace and this contentment that Paul is talking about if you know that you know that you're saved. And if you don't know that, today would be the perfect time to, to say right here at East J Baptist Church on April the 29th, 2018, I nailed down the fact that Jesus died for me on the cross and I accepted Him as my Savior. I pray that you would do that. I pray that you will if you're here and you've never done that, if you don't know, because you'll never have the contentment that Paul had until you know that you know that you're saved. Second thing, and there's so many things that we can talk about as we talk about Paul's life and, and, and we look at his experience, but he was willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's not a bad entity of the three person of the Trinity, the third person of the Trinity. Sometimes we as Baptists, we're a kind of afraid somebody might call us Pentecostal or Holy Roller or, or, or whatever, but I, I've, been, I've been accused of, of being uh, Bapticostal. I've been accused of preaching in Jamaica of having kinky hair. Uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what that meant, but I, I kind of suspect I know what it meant. Sometimes I get a little excited. Sometimes I'm a little different. You know, I, that's okay. But, but be, I, I, Joe come to me uh, at the beginning of the service. He said, by the way, we're doing the Lord's Supper. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> that's fine. He said, but here's what he said. He said, be obedient to the Spirit. And that's what we've all got to do. When we'll let the Spirit guide us, we can learn this contentment. We can learn this strength because he, He's living within us. And if we have not the Spirit of God, we're not even His to start with. And His Spirit identifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. And, and so I pray that the Spirit of God is living in your life. And let me read a couple of verses of Scripture over in the book of Acts right quick, if you want to turn there. I'll make a couple of references in Acts chapter 16. Uh, Paul is on a, his a missionary journey, and uh, he's, uh, he's being uh, uh, going down... Uh, searching for another place to go. And, and this is just to say he was willing to be obedient unto the Spirit of God. Verse 6, chapter, Acts chapter 16. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Whoa. You may, I, I thought God would want us to go everywhere. Well, the Holy Spirit somehow, and I don't know how, uh, did he speak to him? Did he send an angel? Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit forbade him to, go, to preach the word in Asia. So, okay, well, we'll we're going to go, go down to my Asia, verse 7. After that, they were come to my Asia and essayed to go down to Bethaniah. So they had a plan. But again, the Spirit suffered them not. You see, Paul was willing to be led by the Spirit of God. Are you? How many times have I stood at the back door of a church... And somebody say, man, I felt like shouting today. I felt like I should have sung a song. I felt like I should have gone forward. I felt like I should have given my testimony. Time and time again, people have come to the door and said, I felt like doing something. Who told them to do that? I guarantee you it wasn't the devil. Those were things that would glorify God. 
Those were things that would uplift the, the congregation. Be obedient unto the Spirit of God. If God's Spirit is speaking to your heart today and you're feeling that flutter and you're, you're feeling that urge and you're feeling that, that desire to come to the altar, to, to stand and praise God, uh, to sing a song, be obedient unto the Spirit of God. We might be blessed. We might get excited. Joe said, I'd like for revival to come. Amen? Let's be obedient to the Spirit of God. I believe God wants to bring revival. I believe that with all of my heart. But you and I have got to be willing to let the Spirit lead us and guide us. Paul was. So God help us to do the same. Then Paul was satisfied to witness wherever he was and to worship and to pray. Uh, and and that's, that's the final thing that I want to point out. And all of that's contained there in, in, in Acts chapter 16. Uh, he, he, he went down to uh, the riverside and there was a group of women meeting there. And this was the first convert in Philippi, by the way. And uh, he was he was witnessing and and, and worshiping God and and the women believed Lydia believed and her whole household was saved and so God help us if we're saved we're going to want to be a witness and tell others about Jesus just like Paul did and then Paul was uh, not only worshiping and praying there but if you go on just a little bit further in Acts chapter sixteen you'll remember where he and Silas were thrown into prison because they'd done a good deed. The Bible says uh, there in verse 22, 20, 24, uh, they, uh, they were, verse 24, uh, who were received and, and to the prison and they thrust them into the inner prison and made them fast, putting them in stocks, putting them in chains. They were terrible men. They had done a good deed and uh, they, they, they were uh, forced into the uttermost part, darkness of the prison. And there they whined and complained and said, this isn't fair and I want my lawyer. And Didn't they? No. What would we be doing? I'm, I don't know. I'd probably be whining and complaining. But what were they doing? They were praying and singing praises to God. They were worshiping. Even in the midst of the storm of their life, even when they had been mistreated and mishandled and abused, and, and yet all they could do was praise God and worship God. In, in the darkness of the night, they were crying out to God, worshiping and praising Him. Again, goes back to contentment and relationship and knowing the Lord as, as our Savior. And that's what Paul and Silas did. And you know the rest of the story. The, uh, the earthquake came, the jail doors were burst open, and uh, the, the jailer came in to go kill himself. And Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. Uh, and, and he come in trembling, what must I do to be saved? You see, when we have that relationship with the Lord, when we know Him as our Savior, when we're obedient and following the Holy Spirit, when we're satisfied with our worship and praise and, and our prayer time and our witnessing time, God's going to take it, take us and use us for His honor and glory. God help us today, this week, the rest of our lives. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to know that I'm saved, first of all, so that I can have this relationship with you and so that I can be like the Apostle Paul and learn to be content, satisfied in every situation because I have the same Jesus that Paul served. 
Jesus hasn't changed. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And he's living in our lives just like he was in Paul's life. You say, uh, Paul was a special man. No, Paul was just a man just like you and I are. And he had the Spirit of God just like you and I do. And God wants to use us just like he did Paul. May we go from this place saying, I too can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he lives within me. And I too am going to learn to trust him every day until I can come to that place that I have this contentment, this joy and this peace that comes from God above. I hope you have that. If you don't, will you come even in this time of invitation? Will you come and and give your heart to Jesus? Come and rededicate your life? Whatever the need is in your life, it's the Spirit is tugging at your heart's strings. If you feel like you need to do something, don't let the devil win. Let God have his way in your life. Let him strengthen you. Let him help you to draw closer to him that you too might be content and satisfied in all that you do.